Former New York Jets wide receiver from the early 90s, Mr. Rob Carpenter. Rob, thank you for joining us once again. And uh, uh, boy, I mean, how much worse can it get being with being a New York Jet? You were there on Sunday. How bad was it? It was pretty bad, guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, it got to the point where I saw fans leaving in the first quarter. That's how bad it wow. was. I actually, yeah, I, I turned around to a couple of my former teammates. I was like, man, I've never seen it like this. This is pretty bad. So it was, it was, it, that was probably the worst I've ever seen. Uh, been in the stadium for a game. Um, yeah, I, I honestly think it, that's, that's the worst I've ever seen it. I mean, the, the feeling I'm getting from a lot of people, a loss for words, and I kind of feel you, you're at that right now. And the last time I remember that being with the New York Jets was 1995 and 96 under the great Rich Kotite years. Kotite. <laughs> you, you, you were there for one of them. Uh, and, you know, they had to bring in Bill Parcells to turn the culture around, and it worked for a few years. And, and when, when Parcells came in in 97, really through 2010, the Jets had a pretty good streak of uh, having competitive teams and making the playoffs, and now all that's out the window. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I, I really don't know what happened. Uh, it seems like, um, you know, every few years there's there's turnover with the coaching staff, and it just seems like uh, every new coaching staff that comes in, it just it gets worse. So, <clears throat> um, and honestly, at this point, it can't get any worse than it already is. So. Uh, you know, things are can only go forward, and, and, and you can only look up from, from here. Um, it's just that, you know, hopefully next year, um, with all the money that's available under the cap, uh, new coaching staff is definitely coming in. Um, you know, the writing's been on the wall for a while now, and just Sunday was pretty much the, the cream of the crop for it. And um, I know fans and, and Probably some players probably want to change, uh, wanted the change to happen during the bye week, but it's, you know it's not going to happen during the bye week. Uh, it's just going to happen at the end of the season, and um, we see what happens. We see what, see what uh, if McCagnan is still here as well. You know, see what kind of coaching uh, coaching staff he puts together. Rob, where would you rank this Jets team? Is this possibly the worst or one of the worst teams um, that you've that you remember watching? Um. It's right up there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's right up there. Um, it, it, it's just that it seems, and, and don't get me wrong, from the beginning of the season, because, uh, you know, Darnold was going to be starting from the beginning of the season. Um, I knew there was going to be a lot of uh, growing pains going coming into the season with a rookie quarterback starting. You know, it doesn't always fare well with a rookie starting. Um, you know, that's that's time-tested. And you could look around the league this, this year in general and, and see – all the rookie quarterbacks who have started games, they don't they don't fare too well. You know, they, they have to learn. Um, I wasn't one who was real optimistic about a about a real uh, winning record or anything like that for the team this year. I just knew there was going to be a lot of growing pains. It's just that um, after week four, it seems like Donald has actually gone backwards a little bit, and you don't want to see that with a rookie quarterback. And it just seems like the the team itself uh, has kind of lost a little fire and. Uh, I know in the locker room, um, you know, that, that the players are constantly pressured with the questions about, you know, the state of the team. Is the team still together? Are the guys still believing in bowls? Should bowls still be here? Um, the fans are constantly, you know, you know, on radio waves and, and on TV talking about bowls should be fired. So um, it's just not a good state that, that the team is in right now. And honestly, besides the co-tight era, you know, this is, this is probably one of the worst I've seen. 
the the writing is is clearly on the wall for Bowles' future in New York. Is there one guy that you think who do you think would be the best guy to to come in and make this rebuild a lot quicker? Uh well, there's reports out of Baltimore that Harbor is probably not going to be there uh, after this season. As far as putting a team together and being able to uh, keep a team together, I think he's a great coach for that. Um, the the thing that the team actually needs, I, I, I do believe this, um, there's got to be an offensive mind uh, that's going to be running this team some kind of way, whether it's a great offensive mind at, at offensive coordinator or at head coach. It's just that there's got to be a great offensive mind somewhere in there because Donald is a young quarterback and he needs to, you know, he needs the tutelage. Um, D. Filippo is out there. Um, I think uh, Eric Bieniemy is is a name that's that should surface because he's, you know, the offensive coordinator of one of the uh, highest profile offenses in the league right now in Kansas City, and he's learning under Andy Reid. And Andy Reid is a great offensive mind. We all know that. Um, can't go wrong with somebody that's learning under Andy Reid. Um, so for me though, as, as a team in general, to keep a team together, Harbaugh is probably the best, uh, best candidate in my opinion. Explain to me, Rob, how a guy, Matt Barkley, hasn't played in over two years and a guy comes off the street and torches Tremaine Johnson and makes the Jets look silly in the secondary and the Jets can't, can't get to Matt Barkley. Explain this to me. This, this makes zero sense from the fans' perspective. I mean, I gave up my season tickets three years ago because I couldn't take anymore. I couldn't take care of the circus that was Rex Ryan. <laughs> if I would have been there Sunday, leaving the first quarter, I would have tailgated and went home and beat all the traffic over the GW. Um, I, I, I saw a lot of people feeling your sentiments right there, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I'm being, being honest. And um, I'm not taking that on you, Rob. I'm not taking it <laughs> out on you. You're, you're, a great, you're a great man, and, and I enjoyed the teams in the 90s. I had a great run in 93, but they're losing a generation of fans here. Unfortunately, they are. Um, and this has actually been ongoing for a few years now. Uh, you know, the fans <clears throat> have been you know, showing their displeasure uh, over the last couple of years. Um, it's, it's, it's just that I think Jamal Adams kind of said it correctly. You know, as the team goes along during the week uh, with game planning, they game plan for certain things. Uh, and as he said, they had no, no idea what Matt Barkley was about. They and had the, no film and this him. is the second um, time, though, this, this happened against Cleveland as well with Baker, with Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. It's the second right. time in, what, four or five weeks? The when you don't have film on somebody, you really don't know what to anticipate. And Barkley was getting rid of the ball. They they knew uh, it, it wouldn't have been that way w- with the rookie. It wouldn't have been that way with Peterman. Um, even when Tyrod was there, that's the reason why they had so much success against uh, Tyrod Taylor because he holds on to the ball. Matt Barkley was getting rid of the ball. That's the first thing I noticed on the first few plays of the game. Um, you know, especially the first play of the game, he dropped back, gave his back foot, and he let it go. There was no rush that was going to get there. Um, and throughout the game, you just saw it. He would, you know, get in his drop, his back foot would hit, and he would let the ball go. He knew where he was going with the ball. And it just seems like there was no uh, anticipation that he was going to be letting the ball go and the rush wasn't going to get there. So as the game went on, top Bowles or uh, Casey Rogers actually started to ratchet up the pressure, he was still getting the ball off. And the guys were left in man-to-man, and they were just getting beat. It was, And you could see... It, as the second half started, 
you know, the guys was just look, it looked like the guys out there just saying, you know what, let's get this game over until we go home. All right, Rob, we're in our final couple of minutes here, so uh, just going to let you go here. But just, I, I mean, they, there's no plan A, there's no plan B, there's no plan C. Uh, to me, they got to get rid of everybody. They got to get rid of the GM and the and the head coach. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. You can't you can't do the half thing like they did with Rex Ryan before and with Tannenbaum. You know, get rid of the GM and then you keep the coach. And and then you you stuck with someone else's quarterback. To me, they, they got a clean house again, and, and we hope it, they get it right. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, no problem, guys. Anytime. All right, that's Rob Carpenter, former New York Jets wide receiver. Uh, you can catch our podcast, again, Green Report, as well uh, on iTunes and on SoundCloud. So we got the last two minutes here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Giants. They get their second win of the year. Uh, now suddenly some people say, Watch well, out. Well, Eli doesn't look so bad there. No, he still wasn't that great. <laughs> Let's be honest. He still wasn't that great. Uh, that final drive, he still. Wait, did you see how happy he was on the sideline? I mean, of <laughs> course. He was like a kid in the Christmas store. Well, how about, how about Saquon Barkley after the game basically saying, hey, I remember watching you do that when I was like 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Eli Manning was to, to Saquon. He was watching him on his couch playing at a high level now they're teammates but i mean yeah they won they beat san fran another bad team what does that do for you real bad team you know what does that do for the new york giants i'm not saying you want to lose every single game here but if you want a quarterback at that you want that number one overall pick winning isn't going to help no and it just goes to show you you know a lot of bad teams in the professional football right now oh it's it's there's some really good teams but they're really bad teams. it's very tough to watch i mean you have the top heavy, yep. a very this small how, middle, pe- middle yeah, This class. is how it was in the 70s. You had the top heavy teams, and you had the, the, the guys at the bottom, the mud skippers, I call them, at the bottom. And this was, was a lot of football in the 1970s. And listen, the bottom product bad. is bad. very bad. That's a, that's a hard, it's, it was hard to watch that game on Monday night. And then in the 70s, a lot of games were blacked out with, with the TV, and then that's why a lot of fans in New York are not Jet or Giant fans. I grew up actually a Vikings fan because the Vikings were always on TV. That's why the Cowboys have so many fans. That's why the Steelers have so many fans. And they're in, you know, the Jets and Giants, and the Giants now a couple of bad years, and the Jets starting to lose a generation of fans. And, and don't think that's not happening. You know, they really got to get their act together. Of course. I mean, if you, if, you know, you're a young kid and, and, you know, mom, dad, whoever, your your uncle, brother is is watching the game and you kind of see the frustration uh, week after week after week. They're going to just stop watching and they're going to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to be a football fan. I can't root for this team. And then they're, the next generation, like you just mentioned, is going to attract to somebody else, a winning team, somebody with some flavor, somebody with some attitude, somebody that wins. And that's why when the Rams went back out to L.A., they knew they had to get a quarterback. So think about it now. Two years in, they got this great offense. All the seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, they're hooked. Without a doubt. They're L.A. Ram fans. They are building a new generation of fans out, out in L.A. And, you know, the, the Jets are just losing it. They're, they're, they're losing their fans. The Giants are losing their fans. It's, it's not just losing. They're, they're playing horrid football. It, it's really bad. And... This is the first time that I could ever remember that both teams are this bad. Usually it's, you know, the Giants always had the upper hand. Um, occasion- occasionally the Jets had, you know, had their runs. But now you can't watch either team. No. It is a bad product. All, you know, Jets, Giants, Bills, you can loop them in <laughs> all in the same category. And that's never been this, never been the situation since I've been watching football. And, and then you watch Drew Brees and you know, the talented offensive teams put up 45, 50 points. Like it's nothing. 
Like it's not the Jets can't even get can't even get five or six first downs in a game. They what? had one yard in the first quarter. One yard. Listen, the last three I could have got a yard. The last three weeks scoring ten points, six points, ten points. In an in an NFL era where offense is everything, it's no longer that much about the defense. That's pathetic. How about a guy coming off the street and scoring a touchdown against a guy that's making seventy million dollars a year? How about that? It's embarrassing. How about that? It goes, Todd Bowles. Well, we all know the writing's on the wall. Todd Bowles is not going to be the, the head coach next season. All right, that wraps things up. I'm Mike Demergis. He's Joe D'Aloisio, the Iona College Radio Hour. The Iona College Radio Hour is a production of Iona College and the Department of Mass Communication.